Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Welcome back again to Mouthing Off with Mike. If you're tuned in for this episode here today, you are listening to Mouthing Off with Mike is all the leap, baby. We are back. We are covering everything from this past week in the world of all elite wrestling. Starting off, we're going to cover the results and the impact of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view last Sunday. We're going to then get into AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday, AEW Rampage from this past Friday, and AEW Collision from this past Saturday. So stay tuned. Get yourself comfortable. Like I always say, get yourself a cold beverage, maybe something fun to smoke on, and we're going to get into some AEW wrestling in a just one short moment. You heard in the intro that we're going to talk about Forbidden Door, Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision this episode on the AEW side. So starting off with the fallout from Forbidden Door that took place last Sunday on pay-per-view from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Really great Forbidden Door pay-per-view here. The levels that we saw from Double or Nothing back in May to now is insane. You know, we've leveled up drastically. If you recall, if you listen to The Lost Files with Jordan and myself a couple episodes ago, we covered uh, Double or Nothing. We covered uh, that whole weekend of Memorial Day weekend. Jordan and myself were left a little underwhelmed when it came to double or nothing. There were a couple matches towards the end of the card, the the four-way pillars match, and then, of course, the anarchy in the arena with the Elite and the BCC. Those were, for me, the highlights of double or nothing. Now, on Forbidden Door, that is completely different. A lot of these matches really delivered, some over-delivered, and some really are going to go down in history as quite possibly some of the best matches in pro wrestling. So without further ado, I'm going to kind of take a look at some of these matches here. Uh, I first want to take a look here at the four-way that we saw with Daniel Garcia, Shibata, Zack Sabre Jr., and Orange Cassidy for Orange Cassidy's International Championship. What a fantastic freaking match. Like, a lot of talk on this card was with Danielson and Okada and Omega and Osprey. But this match deserves its credit, and it deserves some flowers. It deserves to be discussed in a higher level than where it's at right now. Very underrated match on the card, at least in my opinion. I haven't seen too many people talking about it. This match was fantastic. Another great match with Orange Cassidy barely, barely making it out of the match with his title. So very intrigued to see when or who will dethrone Orange Cassidy. We also did get CM Punk kicking off the Owen Hart Foundation tournament against Kojima. Great match here. Another really fantastic match. Punk still has it. He still can go in the ring. So all of the fans that are upset that Punk's back, guys, I'm sorry to break it to you, but Punk is here to stay. And wrestling, especially AEW wrestling, is better when Punk is involved in some capacity. Now, the show started with MJF and Tanahashi. A good match. Tanahashi... He's getting up there in age, so I understand the performance, you know, was a little limited. MJF made him look like a million bucks. MJF doing a really great job of trolling, making callbacks. MJF is one of the best in the business right now. Then we kind of got Jack Perry and Sonata. Now, 
I, I on paper was a little disappointed in this match. Now it was good because we did finally see Jungle Boy Jack Perry's heel turn. He beat up Hook after the match. Then we will talk about his promo on Dynamite this Wednesday, solidifying that he is now a bad guy. Tony and Willow was a great match. Tony ends up winning that match. Uh, I love Willow Nightingale. Sky is the limit for her. As well on the card, we did get uh, Sting, Darby Allen, and Nato taking on Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara. Sting, Darby, and Nato get the win here. Fun trios match. Uh, not really much that I can say about it. We got the five-on-five, the BCC, uh, Shota Amuno, and Takeshita. There we go. Takeshita taking on the Elite, Eddie Kingston, and Ishii. Good match. Fun little match here. BCC uh, end up taking the L. Ishii gets the win for the Elite. Good match here. We were supposed to get Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler. Adam Cole was sick. We didn't get that match. Now, getting into the two big matches here for the the co-main event. Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay was a fantastic match. One of the best wrestling matches I've ever watched. There was a spot with the Tiger Driver 91. They Ospreay dropped Kenny on his head. Very scary moment in the match. I a lot of wrestlers have said that that move was not needed in this match. I don't think it was needed either, but they did it well. They were safe about it and it was it added to the match. It definitely got the fans to cringe for sure. Will Ospreay wins, and he is now the new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion of the World. No doubt, Kenny and Will will be running this back at All In in Wembley as long as both guys are healthy. Then for your main event of Forbidden Door, Brian Danielson and Okada. A fantastic match, but for me personally, it did underwhelm me at the end due to the fact that Brian Danielson did break his forearm and shatter it. He, he got hurt within the first 10 minutes of the match and was still able to tap out Okada with a broken arm. So absolutely impressive feat by, by Brian Danielson. Not discrediting that. But it felt that due to the injury, they couldn't get into that next gear to really solidify this match as, as one of the best. I have no doubt when Brian Danielson is healthy and cleared, they will probably run this back more than likely in Japan at that Tokyo Dome. Forbidden Door for me as a collective was a solid 8.2 uh, out of 10 pay-per-view. If you if you want to do it out of 5, it was a solid, solid 4.7 out of 5 for me. Um, really good stuff here from AEW. They're scaling back up. They're keeping things moving. There's a lot of fallout that we're going to discuss here when we talk to Dynamite here in a brief moment. But for Forbidden Door itself, a great pay-per-view. And it got me excited for the next couple months for AEW. Let's see if that excitement can hold steady and hold throughout the summer as we head into All In and the announcement of All Out in Chicago that same week. It's going to be very interesting in the AEW side this summer. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about the weekly wrestling shows with AEW, Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, and then the final mouth off with Mike for AEW. Stay tuned. AEW Dynamite was a good show this week. There was the fallout from Forbidden Door. We're setting up the storylines for the coming weeks, the months, heading into All In in Wembley Stadium in London at the massive pay-per-view for AEW that it's going to be. We're shifting focus into the Tag Team Blind Eliminator Tournament. We're as well shifting focus into the budding rivalry between MJF and Adam Cole. 
But we start off this this week's Dynamite with Ishii versus Mox. Two members from the five-on-five tag match from Forbidden Door. And of course, as you know, the Elite ended up winning that match. Ishii versus Mox was a hard-hitting. Mox was bleeding within the first five minutes of Dynamite with this match. Fantastic opening segment for Dynamite this week for the AEW side. I would tell you right now, this is my mouthing off with Mike match recommendation for the AEW side. I have another one coming up when we talk about Rampage as well as Collision. So I've got one on each show. There's so many layers to what's going on with John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Claudio. Now, as you know, Moxley and Claudio are in the BCC. Eddie Kingston, Claudio's sworn enemy due to some things that happened in Chikara Wrestling over 10 years ago. Eddie Kingston is ringside to support Ishii, and he never takes his eyes off Claudio. Him and Moxley come face-to-face. There's a whole backstage segment later on in the show where we see Eddie and Mox face-to-face and Eddie saying, I love you, bro, but when you're with him, referencing Claudio, I, I can't get down with you, man. I, I, can't, I can't face you. I, I disgust- You're disgusting to me. It's so bad between these two that Renee Paquette gets involved and tells both of them, enough is enough. Figure it out. She tells John Moxley, to figure it out with Eddie and figure out what's going on between the two. They need to stop fighting. They're supposed to be friends. Fantastic stuff here. So really good layers with the BCC, the Elite, with the BCC, John Moxley, Claudio, and Eddie Kingston. I like where this is headed. I think this could be very, very good for AEW, for Moxley, for Kingston. Could really add some non-title storylines that we've Kind of needed with AEW recently. After this, guys, Adam Cole Bebe is getting interviewed by Renee before she ends up confronting John and Eddie and everything. MJF pulls up and is like, let's go, let's go party and tag team partners. So MJF's playing into this whole Cole and MJF are going to be tag partners in the Blind Eliminator tournament. I think it's going to be absolute money. So they they just have a really funny segment. I would like to think Cole and MJF are going to go far in the tournament. I just don't know. I really couldn't tell you if they're going to go that far in this tournament. It'll be very interesting to see the dynamic between these two. MJF even has shirts made that say, I'm better than you, baby. (laughs) That's fantastic. Like, if I knew that their tag team was going to last, I'd totally invest in one of those shirts. It's kind of like the the Y2AJ shirts from Jericho and AJ Styles were tagging in WWE. And then that tag team lasted all all, all but maybe like a day or a week, if, if I recall correctly. So... I don't want to invest in the shirt just for them to break up within like a week. We get an awesome trios match here with uh, Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee, and uh, El Hijo del Vikingo. Fantastic talent, man. Vikingo has hit Sports Center from some of the stuff he's done in GCW. So this dude really has the potential when he uh, ultimately can, you know, get out of his contract with uh, with AAA. He's going to be probably a big deal for AEW. He's been wrestling a lot of AEW, wrestling a lot of Ring of Honor. So. People are getting really familiar with his work, and, and he is a top-tier talent, a top-tier luchador out here in the world. They're going to take on Jericho Appreciation Society's Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. So, fun little match that was set up earlier in the night uh, via some videos backstage. Cassidy basically you know, needs partners, sees Keith Lee, sees uh, Vikingo, and there you go. There's my trio. They uh, beat... The Jericho Appreciation Society. Keith Lee actually gets the win here. Keith Lee looked like a million bucks in this match. He was dominating. There was a little. There was one little spot that was a little confusing with Vikingo. I, I thought Keith Lee forgot that he was his partner for a sec, but then they ended up doing like a a power bomb wrecking ball thing with um with Vikingo. Keith Lee needs 
desperately to get back to the good old Keith Lee that I fell in love with in NXT. I truthfully think that if he would have stayed in WWE, he would be a really big deal on the main roster on weekly television. Uh, I'm sure we probably would have seen him face off with Gunther, Brock Lesnar, probably Roman, mix it up with a lot of different talent that I just wish Keith Lee had a chance before ultimately, you know, he left the company and was released and everything. So I hope we see Keith Lee kind of get back to his former self here on AEW. He's going to be tagging with former friend, former tag team champion, Swerve, uh, in the Blind Eliminator tournament. Those two have beef, so that's obviously where we're headed with this tournament where we're going to put in a lot of the guys that have beefs uh, together as tag teams. I still believe that for the tournament, it should be absolute wild cards. We should see Orange Cassidy teaming with Malachi Black. We should see Chuck Taylor teaming up with Serpentico. We should see just off-the-wall teams that we never thought we'd see. Like, give me Matt Hardy and Lance Archer. That's a wild card one, you know? Give me Brian Cage and, like, say, like, a guy like Vikingo. Like, that's that would be so crazy. I don't know. That's just me. We're going to see, after this, Hangman Adam Page, the Young Bucks backstage. They put out a trios open challenge, which is accepted by the Dark Order. And the Dark Order are now showing signs of being heels which I'm a big fan of. They are pissed. Hangman has turned his back on them. Hangman basically used them as the rebound. Uh, you know, when you, when you get broken up with by your significant other and you immediately find someone, you know, to, to kind of coddle you and tell you, no, everything's okay. You're loved. You're the best. You know, that's how that felt. Hangman and Page and the Bucks and the Elite, you know, that they were finished. And then he goes with the Dark Order and they take him in with open arms and they treat him like one of their own. And he treats them like, an afterthought. He he pushes them aside, and the first chance he can get, he runs right back to the elite and helps them in their in their feuds. So I love this story. Now a lot of people are complaining about it all. They they never addressed it. This was this is dead news. This is old news. This is stale. Guys, I think this could really be something fun. Honestly, I think this could be really something good for the AEW side. I'm a big fan of like read in between the line stories. If you need to be presented a story right in your face and be told like here's the story a lot of what you see on wwe television is here's the story which i don't mind I'm, I'm fine with that sometimes i just need to turn my brain off and watch wrestling with aew sometimes you have to read between the lines and you have to know a little bit of lore about the wrestler or you know know some of their past work which is respectable and that's good because what that should do is you as a fan is that should motivate you to go out and look up their older stuff and learn about that did I know why Eddie Kingston and Claudio had beef until I went back and Googled it and looked it up and said, oh, wow, you know, that's that's some stuff that goes back at almost decades. You know, they've, they've been beefing since Chikara, since Ring of Honor, since now in AEW. And, you know, it gets brought up last week on, on television. I was reminded of, I was like, oh, yeah, right. That, that goes back to Chikara. We should be able to do read between the line stories for wrestling fans. You guys are smarter than this. At least I, I, I hope so. At least I think so. So to see the AEW loyalists, the fan base, like turning on their their beloved elite and, and everything that's produced, and they're saying, well, this is stupid, this is dumb, very, very telling of what do you guys want then? You guys ask for stories, they give you stories with AEW. You guys ask for great wrestling, they give you great wrestling. Sometimes things don't necessarily pan out, some things do fall flat, but for the most part, I think Dark Order and the Elite could very well be something interesting. Now, after the elite get the win, the BCC jumped them and beat the living piss out of them. 
Moxley stabs Adam Page with a screwdriver. Again, the Dark Order watch as the BCC dissect Adam Page, their former friend, and the elite. So the Dark Order are now going to be heels. I don't think they're, I think we're going to start seeing that Dark Order from when they first debuted with, you know, God rest his soul, Brody Lee, when they were really a, a permanent fixture. When when they debuted at Double or Nothing 2019, Evil Uno and all these guys came up in the ring and he was sitting on all. I was like, what the absolute shit is happening? What in the, what in, what the hell is this? And then some fan next to me, credit this guy, he goes, oh, that's Evil Uno. And I was like, I had never heard of Evil Uno. And then I, after the show, I got back to my hotel room and I looked up who Evil Uno was, and I went back and watched some of his matches from the indies. It's not hard to go back and look wrestlers up, guys. YouTube, Google, you've got 1,001 different wrestling subscription streaming services. You can go back and watch old wrestling. So very happy to see Dark Order now getting to be back to that old self, and this guy's a limit for them. Jungle Boy's out here, guys, and, and he comes out, and he cuts the whole Tarzan song. You know, he's sick of this song. He hates listening to it. You people, the fans ruined it for him. He's dropping the Jungle Boy. He's just Jack Perry. He says in this, which is hysterical, I'm still banging the hottest bitch in AEW. Pulls his sunglasses down what feels like an eternity and winks very awkwardly. I have been a strong supporter of turning Jack Perry heel. I'm so happy they did it. I can't wait to see what happens. I thought his promo was good for his first heel work. I thought it was good. He kind of honed into his his Christian a little bit. He honed into, he, he, looked, he was dressed like Christian, it felt. So I guess, you know, that Christian influence is, is still in, in Jack Perry. I hope we're able to figure out a way to make Hook and Jack Perry look like a million bucks in this feud because Hook comes out and he, is, he chases Jack Perry across his whole arena. He's going to get his hands on Jack Perry. Jack Perry gets backstage and full-on headfirst dive into the backseat of an SUV. It was honestly right out of like an action movie. It was really sick, to be honest. Hook and Jack Perry is going to be a very interesting rivalry for both of them because this is really officially Hook's first big rival on the main, you know, being on the main television program since debuting. Jack Perry, this is kind of his first feud as being a heel. He's had a couple different feuds, you know, Christian and such, but this is his first heel feud. Going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. Ruby Rose and Britt Baker were supposed to take place, but of course, because Adam Cole was sick last Sunday, Adam Cole in turn probably got Britt Baker sick. She's sick. We don't get the Owen Hart Women's Foundation tournament match. We're going to get it next week on Dynamite. It is time for the main event here of AEW Dynamite. I wish Mark Henry was here to do it in his great voice and, and the great way he says it, but we're getting the pain maker, Chris Jericho, coming out of this closet that the pain maker's been hiding in for the last couple of years. I'm not really a big, big fan of the pain maker thing. I digress. Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho taking on Darby Allen and Sting in a Tornado Tag Team grudge match. Good match, fun match, a lot of chaos happening in the match. Jericho and Sting have a sword fight with their bats. Sting jumps off a ladder to put Sammy through tables instead of Darby. Thought Sting broke his legs. He actually smacked his face off Dar uh, Sammy's knee. Cracked the tooth, if I recall. He had a little bloody mouth. An absolute insane spot from Sting. Sting is 64 years old. God bless the man. I'm appreciating everything he does on my television because you're never going to see this again. We're getting one final run from the ultimate icon, somebody who I didn't really get to see you know, growing up wrestle. I got to watch him in Impact, which was nice, which was very cool. 
I didn't get to see, you know, Stinger from WCW and, you know, Beach Sting. I got to see Joker Sting from Impact, and that was fun in its own. And, of course, when Sting went back to WWE. But to get Sting on our televisions every week, it is a blessing. Don't take this for granted, but I will say one thing. For the love of God, Sting, please do not ever jump off a ladder 13 feet through a table because that was the scariest moment of my life. I was like, oh, my God, this man just broke both of his knees. I can't bear to watch this, but thankfully he was okay. So hallelujah. Great dynamite here. Kept things rolling. Kept feuds going. Obviously, there's going to be some dissension between Jericho and Sammy Guevara after this match. Obviously, the Adam Cole and MJF thing is going to be very, very interesting with them in the Blind Eliminator tournament as well. Keith Lee, Swerve. Dynamite, I would give it a solid 7-1 for this, for this Wednesday's Dynamite. When we come back, we're going to get into AEW Rampage. There's only two notable matches here to talk about on the card. So I will not be spending too much time with Rampage. Then we're going to get into Collision and then the final mouth off with Mike. Stay tuned. Now they off with Mike. Now they off with Mike. Now they off with Mike. We're back. AEW Rampage. And Rampage was a good hour of pro wrestling. I mean, I'm starting to really fall into like the, the Rampage is kind of eh audience. But hey, it's more wrestling on our screens. I watch it after SmackDown. I don't mind a couple extra matches to end the night, to end a Friday night, as long as I'm not doing anything. So it is what it is. Rampage, though, had a really good match here. Claudio and Commander kicked off the show for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Great match. Claudio ends up pertaining with the uppercut. I would recommend going to check this out. So another mouthing off with Mike mouth match recommendation. Sean Spears is back in the fold now. Sean Spears was kind of gone for a while. I'm not quite sure if he was hurt or if they didn't have anything really for him on television. He takes on the Blade of the Butcher and the Blade. He ends up winning. We're going to see him have a face-off with Christian Saturday at Collision uh, regarding the TNT Championship. Him challenging Luchasaurus, which in turn, I guess he's challenging Christian. Christian thinks he's the champion. We'll, we'll get into that later. Actually, we're not going to get into that later. We're going to talk about it right now. Sean Spears, Christian, and Luchasaurus are headed towards a little bit of a rivalry on Collision. I like keeping the TNT championship on Collision exclusively. That's a smart decision. We're going to get a QTV tag match with Johnny TV, John Morrison, Johnny Nitro. You'll love him. One of the best. Man's got a thousand different names. He's going to be tagging with QT Marshall, and he's taking on the Hardy Party, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. QTV does, in fact, get the win here. Harley Cameron sings them out to the ring. She was off pitch. I was told by my girlfriend who sings in the past. I thought it was funny. I got a I got a cheap uh, cheap pop out of it. Singing wasn't the best. Definitely reminds me of Jillian Hall from back in the day on SmackDown, if you remember, with JBL. Yeah, it it gives me serious Jillian, Jillian Hall vibes. I'm gonna let it play out. I think it could be something fun for Rampage, for you know, collisions. I I would keep this off of dynamite for at least the time being. The main event of Rampage is Hikara Shida taking on Taya Valkyrie. It was a good match. There was a couple spots in it that definitely were awkward. Um, there was an insane move here on the guardrail. Uh, Sheeta hits like a, a, a splash on the guardrail with, with Taya. It was crazy. The match ends up with Hikaru Sheeta winning. Taya Valkyrie's unfolding here. She's lost a couple big matches here. Jade Cargill, she's, she lost to Chris. I don't know what they're going to do with Taya. I hope they kind of get her, you know, out of this funk. So I think we're going to see a little bit more of an aggressive side from Taya. Should be good to see from her character. 
I know when she was in NXT, that character, Frankie Monet, did not hit. We talked about it actually this morning uh, in the Twitter spaces with Ryan. of I, They made their way to the ring, the women's wrestling podcast, where he goes in-depth and covers the careers of women's wrestlers that we all came to know and love. You know, it's it's funny that we were actually talking about that Frankie Monet character and how awful it was, and it's so good to see Taya Valkyrie come back into her own and be on AEW television. I like Taya Valkyrie. I, I fell in love with her in Lucha Underground. I thought she was a great talent. I just hope that they can make something for her storyline-wise. There you have it. Rampage was okay. Definitely recommend checking out Claudio and Commander, and if you want to hear the Jillian Hall uh, impersonation from Harley Cameron, that was pretty funny, at least in my opinion. We'll be right back with AEW Saturday Night Collision. Stay tuned. Saturday nights, all right for fighting. We got AEW Collision on Saturday night. We kick off the show with MJF taking on Kip Morst. I don't know who Kip Morst is. MJF wins one, two, three. No problem here with this MJF match. Now, much like last week's episode of Collision, we did do the opening promos, kind of like the old school WWE main event. Awesome. I love that. Then we get MJF taken on Kip Morst. MJF wins. That's it. And then he cuts a promo and he says, I could beat anybody from Canada. All ego Ethan Page comes out and cuts one of the best promos Ethan Page has cut in his long time. He tells Max, you're not my world champion. When this company needs something, they don't call you. They call me Ethan Page. You might be the AEW world champion, but Ethan Page actually champions AEW. Basically goads MJF into giving him a match and we get MJF versus all ego Ethan Page. Uh, quick match once again. MJF gets the win against Ethan Page. Now, Ethan Page was able to get a twist of fate in. Definitely shocking MJF in the match. MJF retains his title. So I like that we're already starting to see the, the AEW World Championship being defended on Collision. That makes Collision feel like a bigger deal. We're going to get a uh, Owen Hart Foundation Tournament men's quarterfinal match. The natural Dustin Rhodes taking on Powerhouse Hobbs with QT Marshall and Harley Cameron. Luckily, Harley Cameron did not sing for us Saturday night like she did on Friday night. Hobbs and Dustin have a good match. It's a classic pro wrestling match. Slow, methodical. Hobbs is the ba- is the powerhouse here, of course. It's in its name. He powers Dustin, but Dustin has the veteran prowess, and he gets a couple big moves in. Uh, Dustin is busted open. Dustin Rhodes is the first wrestler on AEW to bleed on AEW Collision. And I think that was a good choice in this match to have him bleed against powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Hobbs takes Dustin and cracks his skull over the uh, ring post. And it caused Dustin to bleed. Smart to have the to have the color in this match. I think it, it worked very, very well. QT gets Rhodes with a cheap shot, and Hobbs hits Dustin with the spine buster to win and move on. Now we're going to see later on, and I'm going to talk about it now because they relate. Ricky Starks taking on Juice Robinson in another quarterfinal match for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Ricky wins that match. Another good match between him and Juice. Ricky's 2-0 against Juice now. Ricky in the semifinals will be taking on Hobbs, former tag team partner, former member of Team Taz, turned bitter enemies. I like that we're revisiting this. This is good history here for AEW. After we get this Hobbs-Dustin match, we're going to get Miro in action. Miro beats Anthony Henry, one, two, three, goodbye. Tony Schiavone's in the ring to interview Bullet Club Gold, and we get the formal introduction of... The Gun Club. The Gun Club are now members of Bullet Club Gold. And perfect. This is so good. 
They look great in the Bullet Club gear. They fit perfect in the Bullet Club gold. I think the sky is the limit for them. Uh, essentially, Bullet Club gold has their eyes on gold. And we're going to see that next week on Collision. FTR taking on Bullet Club gold. Jay White, Juice Robinson for a shot at those tag titles. We're going to see later on in the show, though, CM Punk on commentary with Samoa Joe and Roddy. But before we get that, we're going to see backstage, Lexi Nair is with FTR, Ricky Starks, and CM Punk. And we're going to head eventually towards that CM Punk, Jay White match at some point. It's definitely uh, on the cards. And that's when FTR makes the formal request for that match against Jay White and Juice Robinson next Saturday on Collision. After that was that Ricky Starks Juice Robinson match talked about it and then of course Bullet Club Gold after the match does surround the ring and then CM Punk and FTR make the save. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus backstage talked about it in Rampage. Sean Spears has a confrontation with them. Looks like Spears uh, is going to be beefing with Christian and Luchasaurus. Chris Statlander taking on Lady Frost. I'm a big fan of Lady Frost. She was uh, an Impact mainstay in the Impact Women's Division for a while. Uh, she's the free agent right now. She's been working with Ring of Honor. She's working on AEW. This is a good little match. Chris gets the win here. We get a segment with Andrade backstage. The House of Black appear on the monitor. Basically, it looks like Malachi and the House of Black are coming for Andrade. Whether it's a, a rivalry turned into Andrade joins them, I don't know, but I'm very intrigued by this. Your main event of Collision is going to be Samoa Joe taking on Roderick Strong with CM Punk on commentary. Great match here, guys. We haven't seen Roddy and Joe wrestle since, uh, I believe it was 2005, Roddy says in the video package before. Samoa Joe locks in a chokehold. Roddy never taps out. The ref stops it. After the match, Samoa Joe grabs a steel chair. CM Punk picks up a steel chair. Security separates them. And then Joe goes back in the ring and plants Roderick Strong on the steel chair. Next Saturday on AEW Collision, for the first time since 2005 as well, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, in the Owen Hart Foundation semifinals, where it could get very interesting. We could see Joe taking on Powerhouse Hobbs in the final, Joe taking on Ricky Starks. We could see Punk taking on Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs. But this is going to be very interesting. Collision has been heating up. Bullet Club Gold is money. They should be prominently featured on Collision. CM Punk being back in the fold now is doing wonders for AEW. Joe and Punk is going to be must-see wrestling television next Saturday. AEW Collision, in my opinion, once again this week, edged out Dynamite by just a little bit. Now, the ratings would tell you otherwise. Collision did just under 600,000 viewers. Now, I don't get into the ratings. I don't think that is a good indicator of people watching wrestling. Um, but I definitely think Money in the Bank you know, being on at 12, 3 o'clock Eastern and then ending, you know, roughly around, you know, 7, 7.30, 30 minutes right before uh, Collision. Could have definitely had some fans feel, you know, washed out from wrestling, a lot of wrestling that they just didn't tune in. Or, you know, people are busy on Saturday nights. So I don't know. I don't think it's a prime indicator because I'm sure people watched it back today. DVRs, streaming on TNT. It's always usually up on TNT a couple a day or two at later. So, not really a great indicator. I liked Collision this week. I thought it was a good show. I'm excited to see what happens with the FTR Bullet Club Gold, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, and Jay White. I think Collision's got a lot of potential here to be the A show for AEW. 
Stay tuned. We're going to be back with the final mouth off with Mike for the AEW side of things this week. Welcome back into the final segment here of Mouthing Off with Mike, the final mouth off with me, Mike. This week's final mouth off is going to be quick, simple, uh, and just to the point. Forbidden Door last week was a great pay-per-view for AEW. AEW is once again picking up momentum in a time where they really need to. They've got All In coming up in Wembley in August. We've got a couple bit, couple big shows probably planned from, from now until then on the AEW side. I'm sure AEW will bust something out here, a special edition of Dynamite. You've got the edition of Collision. You've got the Owen Hart Foundation tournament ramping up, getting into the semifinals for both the men's and the women's side of things. A lot of different moving parts happening in AEW right now. As long as the powers that be, Tony Khan, whoever's behind creative, keep the momentum going, AEW is going to have a career summer this summer. All In in Wembley has forced WWE to start gaining feedback. We saw it at Money in the Bank where WWE hinting at doing a WrestleMania in London, crowd going ballistic. AEW sold about 65,000 tickets for All In Wembley and counting. I'm sure when we get close to the event, they'll probably hit maybe 70 to 75,000 for all in in Wembley. That's fantastic numbers for a wrestling company in their fourth year. The problem that remains is, is that you have a lot of talent. You've got all of this backstage commotion, as well as you've got three weekly wrestling television programs. Now rampage is an hour. Okay. It's it's sometimes it's a tough watch. Ring of honor is on Thursdays. If you're watching ring of honor, I credit you. I got to take a day off when it comes to wrestling. I'll catch it when I can. Even though I pay for the subscription per month, it's still hard to tune in on a Thursday night as well to watch more wrestling. You got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's tough to watch wrestling six days in a row, especially for me when I'm covering it. The point still remains. AEW has a prime opportunity to affix themselves as officially that competitor. We know that they're a competitor. I get it. But this summer has the potential to really put them on an even course for this war between WWE and AEW where... WWE is feeling that pressure where they're going to have to start holding live events in London. They, they're they going to think about a WrestleMania. I think what should come first for them is a Royal Rumble. Depending on how successful AEW is, is going to be dependent upon AEW going back to London. So if you're a fan of AEW and a fan and you live in the UK, make sure you attend that show because that's going to essentially keep that show coming back to you guys yearly. I have no doubt if it is as big as a success as it is and it foretells to be the biggest wrestling show for AEW to this date, then they will go back. They will come back. They will bring that back every year. As long as it hits the first time. And I have a feeling it's going to. This week in wrestling, definitely a lot of things happening. We'll get a cool down in the next couple of weeks here. Not No pay-per-views, nothing crazy. I know we've got Ring of Honor, uh, Final Battle in a couple of weeks, but AEW has a good chance here to really help themselves gain momentum throughout the summer and head into the fall. I hope they do it. I hope they're successful in it. I hope All In is great because after All In is said and done, they go right to Chicago for a week of wrestling and All Out. So they're really doing back-to-back pay-per-views come the end of August, beginning of September. AEW is potentially setting up for a massive success or a massive failure if they don't execute properly. Time will tell. There you have it, folks. That's it. That's everything here from AEW this week. A little bit of my opinions, my thoughts, of course, the final mouth off with Mike. Don't forget, guys, I know it doesn't really take precedent here when we're talking AEW, but I am a WWE shop affiliate. I'm going to have some links in the description of this episode, even though it is an AEW episode. 
gotta gotta put them out there. Uh, if you do decide to buy anything for WWE Shop, please use my links. Helps this podcast grow, helps us improve, helps us get the word out there, and hopefully helps us branch off into something bigger and better in the future. With that being said, I'm also a sponsor here of W Energy. W Energy, it's a great pre-workout alternative. It doesn't give you any jitters, has zero calories, zero sugars, and as well as no artificial flavors and all that yucky stuff you don't want in uh, an energy pre-workout. I'll have those links in the description of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next weekend for Are You Not Sports Entertained, dropping Saturday morning. Of course, then the episode AEW, Mounting Off with Mike is All Elite. We'll be dropping Sunday mornings. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go out there and enjoy some pro wrestling. Mouthing off with Mike. Mouthing off with Mike. Mouthing off with Mike.